This space is a combo of lockout rehearsal spaces. There's recording studios and pinball games. It's got it all. It's basically like pirate ship from Pinocchio. Exactly. It's like the island of misfit toys over here. Yeah. (laughs) Are you an L.A. native? Yes, I am. I'm one of those rare... Rare native birds. From L.A. proper, from from the valley? I'm from the valley. I was born in Burbank and went to school in Burbank and Glendale and and in the the San Fernando Valley also. I also went to school in like the valley, like the valley in Clueless Valley in Canoga Park. As somebody who just took the plane in and spent 45 minutes on three or four freeways, you're going to have to convince me of the charms of Los Angeles. What, what am I missing out on? Oh, I don't know if I'm the best person to tell you. <laughs> well, you're—I mean, you're—you're you're a lifer. There's something. Something's kept you here. That's true. It's—it's it's true. Something always brings me back. Too. Yeah, it always brings me back. You've attempted to leave at points in life. Oh yeah, I've left so many times. I left for New York a couple of times, and I went to Chicago. I went to art school in Chicago, and it always finds a way to pull me back. It's these palm trees, man. Yeah. What is it? Is this kind of the best place for you in terms of what you're doing artistically? I think, honestly, it gives me the space to create in the best way. It doesn't necessarily always give me the most inspiration, per se, it does give me much inspiration, but there's the space here to fill fill up the lines of the ideas and to and the pace here also really helps me give the ideas time to sit and get fleshed out. I'm from California originally, but I'm from up north. I can't get the vibe of what the what the pace is like here because I mean it is a big city, but it does have that sort of California feel to it. Oh, yeah. It's a vibe. It's definitely a vibe. <laughs> Obviously, in most ways, it's, it's probably a little bit slower than, than New York, even even in Chicago, I would imagine. Oh, yeah. When I first moved back home from New York and Chicago, I was like having panic attacks here because it was just way too slow. I was like, wait, what, what are you guys doing? Where yeah. are we going next? What are we making next? And it would just I'd be met with blank stares like wait, where, what's the rush what's the rush girl how much of it is just because it takes so goddamn long to get from point a to point b here that's a huge part of it yeah. the, it really does have geographical challenges in that way everything's spread out and mapped out pretty far away from each other so i I don't know. I don't know. You tell me. You just cruise through. <laughs> I, I probably three or four to get from LAX to, to over here. And I'm only in town for a few days. And I was trying to get some people together tomorrow night and had a, a Facebook thread going. Oh, the bar thing. Right? Yeah. Last time, fortunately, I was staying right downtown, which is like relatively, I think, easy for people. And now I'm like... UCLA and I've got a friend in Santa Monica and and she was trying to get us to like get out there and everyone's like oh go to like Echo Park in New York it would just be like we're going to Manhattan absolutely I think for us there's the east side west side split for sure so if you're staying on the west side you might find that you're going to be spending more time with your friends on the west side because it does take a while. I sort of had to like choose between friends. Yeah. I'm going to like draw a line in the sand and like certain people are just not going to basically be able to do it. Here's an idea. Have like a West Side party and an East Side party. I'm not party. around long enough to oh, have West, side, West and East Side parties. Aww. So you went to Chicago for, for art school. What was the plan? The plan was to do art, capital A art. Did you have like professional ambitions to do it? I went to Chicago because... <laughs> Because I wanted to write about bands. Okay. And I wanted to study how to write about bands. I had been doing it for about 
a year in New York and for years in LA as an undergrad. And I was a working journalist in LA and New York and I would write for Spin and yeah. and The Onion and it was it was awesome. So I left because of the recession and I was like fuck this. Yeah. I want to make art and like keep writing about bands and keep writing about art. So I went to this really cool. It was like J school in art school so you could do whatever the fuck you wanted essentially. How does that how does that work? It was incredible. It's the program is called New Arts Journalism and you're you're basically taking like journalism 101 classes at a grad level and then also like critiquing art and and if you're a punk ass like me, you're asking your program advisor to waive all the prereqs so that you could take cool like printmaking classes and photo classes. So the plan was to just get through the recession and learn something new and I ended up learning more about zines and printmaking and making weird like paper sculptures out of my apartment and and um, doing weird like performance art sound experiments and writing some of my first songs. So the plan to wait out the recession was to do the like least commercial stuff imaginable, it sounds like. Precisely. Between self-publishing and sound collages, like I can't, it's hard to imagine anything that would generate less revenue. I know, right? <laughs> well, there was like that one side of me that was actively pitching all the time, all over the place. So I was pitching The Onion and like Spin. And you were hustling. I was hustling. Yeah, I was covering like the festival circuit in Chicago for Yahoo Music too. It was incredible. It was so fun. I went to all the Lollapaloozas when I lived there. But then that other side of me started to spring forth and that art making side of me really found, like I really found that side of myself while I was in school. And it sounds like we had similar experiences from the standpoint of I would get writing gigs and then that place would go out of business or they would stop hiring freelancers. And yep. it, was just, it was basically just the floor was like falling out. I was running forward and the floor was falling out beneath me over the course of like a, a couple of years. Exactly. And it was so terrifying, honestly, that it helped to be in the structure of a program. And at the same time, taking all these classes and waving all these classes at the same time really helped me come up with my first my first zine dum dum zine and that's how i started really self publishing and made dum dum zine it was it was an amazing experience was there just sort of the realization that this is not in and of itself this is not going to be something that i'm going to be able to necessarily do for a living at least in the short term honestly i was just surviving yeah. i was just like hey like i'm going to do everything i can and i'm going to learn every art form that's sure. that's inspiring me that's always inspired me i mean but you, you happen to pick like three like pretty expensive cities to do it in what can i say i'm a city girl <laughs> what can i say i honestly don't know what the rent's like in chicago but certainly in new york and definitely in los angeles there's no safety net there for most people it's not like oh i can quit my job for a while and and mess around with this thing and like everything will kind of work itself out oh exactly exactly i i just feel like over time caring so much about writing and caring so much about being an artist, I felt like I was willing to do whatever it took. Yeah. You know, just like picking up all sorts of great work. Like moon like when I was living in New York, I was working a desk job during the day and then moonlighting, like staying out till four AM writing about bands. Like I had insane deadlines and I just cared about it so much yeah. I made it work. And same when I came back to in LA and decided to start being in bands, I kept all my desk jobs. There's a sense too it's something you certainly need to give a shot 
when you're younger too, when you have that energy, when you can sort of be out until 4 a.m. every night and still work a desk job. Like, I don't know yeah. if I have that. I definitely don't have the energy to do that at this point in my life anymore. Yeah, I'm definitely like a play a show don't drink and go to bed at 12 after packing up my gear kind of girl these days. It sounds like after you moved back out here, you made the transition into writing about it to actually performing it. Which is so trippy, right? Like, how did that happen? I didn't (laughs) plan on that. I did not plan on that at all. It was was incredible. Were you not in bands prior? I was doing weird, like, you know, performance art, spoken word stuff with, like, weird, like, loop pedals in the background. And I was doing it. I was doing it because... You're making noise. I think I was just trying to test out what it would be like to just not go up and do a formal literary reading because that started to feel so tired during the recession. Um, so, I mean, and then after a while, it was like, I mean, you know, you're, you're a writer too. Like, you take a $50 stipend from a concert review and then, like, drink tickets and possibly making 50 bucks from a DIY show. I started to pick playing the DIY show after yeah. a while. And now I still do both. It was definitely a transition I didn't expect. I mean, it's something that I had always wanted to do, certainly, like, deep down inside I'd always wanted to be in a band like a fucking chick playing a guitar and singing and um, I'm glad that I was I mean even though the recession fucking sucked it really was the thing that kind of dove me down the rabbit hole of inspiration and being able to being able to realize how badly I wanted to do something like that to actually do something performative in front of people oh exactly yeah yeah it was a driver for sure because otherwise i would have possibly just kept going to shows and kept writing about bands like who knows the worst fates in the world yeah, at, at I the know, end of the which day. would have been equally awesome <laughs> <laughs> like which is something i still do like but i it was during one of the Lollapaloozas. i started to feel like i was like writing and shooting it and i had just written one of my first songs like that summer and I remember thinking like why the fuck don't I try to do this like why am I not trying to do this like is there anyone stopping me I don't think so but so why don't I just try how old were you when you decided that you're gonna really just in earnest be in a band well that's funny right because when I was 21 in New York I was like trying to be in a band like all the time but not even realizing it like i'd just like stick around for the after party and try to make friends with the bands and it's not the best way to be in a band no it's not (laughs) but and that's like like blurring the line between like groupie and wanting to be in a band (laughs) right 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 right. and then well that's actually how i started some of my like earlier performance art experiments where i would just kind of go on and like read stuff at like in between bands in new york it all just kind of happened like i I started writing, I started writing my first rock songs and deciding to put them together when I was about 24, I think. 23 or 24. And then moving back to LA after school and then started working with one of my first musical collaborators. And then that's that's the thing that turned into yeah. Tulips, which was my first band. I mean, that's an equally hard transition to make from like just sitting in a room writing music to actually oh. going out and, and performing. Yeah, absolutely. And that's just a result of what, finding the right collaborator? Well, honestly, it was about a year of me and my first collaborator, uh, Angie Bloom, and Tulips. It was about a year of the two of us just working on each other's songs and helping each other with each other's songs for about a year until we decided to play our first show, which was interesting. <laughs> how, how so? Well, we played 
a backyard gig with just the two of us on guitar. Yeah. Oh, no, no. We alternated bass and guitar. So we would support the other on bass. And then the singer would be on the guitar. So it was a little like open Mikey, it sounds like. A little bit. <laughs> a little bit. Like definitely all our friends were there and nobody else. It, yeah. it, it was great, though. We um, We didn't have a drummer yet. So we decided that day to bring together all our bag of percussion tricks anything we had like shakers tambourines i think we went to guitar center to get like a couple of extra ones and then we laid those at the front of the stage if you could call it a stage and then we just asked all our friends to play along did it feel like something you were taking seriously at that point well i knew i wanted to do it and i couldn't not do it it was just something like like starting a band and being in a band and finding ways to play was what I wanted to be doing. And there was nothing that was going to stop me from doing it. What does that mean you could not do it? I couldn't not do it. Like, it, there was just this driver. There was this driving force. There was a hunger. And I just had to be up there. Tell me about the zine. I mean, that's an, another interesting one, too. The recession is coming on. All of these magazines are closing down. And a big part of why they are is because of the internet. And so you decide to self-publish. Yep. <laughs> that was precisely why... I wanted to self-publish like my friends and I couldn't get work after a certain point or mm. we were doing listicles, right? We uh -huh. were getting those, those $50 stipends for yeah. listicles. And I just remember thinking like, fine, fine. I'm just going to take this money and I'm going to save it up. And I'm going to pull all my work that I'm unable to get published and reach out to my fellow like writer friends and fellow artist friends who also can't get their work placed because the publications no longer exist. Yeah. And so it was it was kind of like our fuck you to everything that was going on. It was just like, well, this sucks. We can't get work or we um, were too punk and our work can't find the right home. So let's just create the platform that we want to uphold ourselves in. So that's how that's how issue one of Dum Dum Zine came out. That's how it came through. Well, how do you actually start the process of getting it together? How did the actual publication come about? Just me in my apartment. <laughs> it was me in my apartment having this idea. I had my manifesto. I was angry about the recession. I was an angsty, angsty writer. And I just emailed everybody I knew whose work I'd liked, everybody I'd like hmm. taken a class with, like a writing class with, or everybody I'd met at a reading whose work I really, whose work I really liked. And you know, I was coming out of the Bushwick scene in 2008 at that point. So there were so many cool writers in New York who were also going through something similar. And all my friends from undergrad in UCLA were going through similar shit. So I basically emailed all my friends in the, the three cities and asked them if they had any work they wanted to submit to this issue one. And I never knew if there would be another issue or not. It was similar to being in a band. I was like, well, I just know that yeah. I need to do this. I know that I need to put this issue out. Otherwise, angst. Sort from the same place from the standpoint of you were doing it like for your friends at first. The first show was just this kind of backyard show where you guys had songs, but you were kind of fucking around to some degree. This was really just you playing to that core audience of, of writers that you knew. Oh, absolutely. And it was just one of those things where we were creating in community and we didn't mind like creating for a community either. Like it just felt so good to share and yeah. have to create our own media and share it in those in those circles. And that's really all we needed. <laughs> That was really it. What is the um the state of the self publishing 
world right now. I mean, you know, obviously, like a lot of it probably, I assume, got cannibalized by blogs and things like that. I just love zines. And every year, LA Zine Fest comes back around. And it gives me faith that people are still making these things. And new people will show up. Like people, I think LA Zine Fest is on year seven or eight now. And I still meet people at these fests that have come from a previous year, heard about zines for the first time at that fair, at that previous year. And that inspired them to make a new zine. I mean, that's an interesting return on investment that you don't get like in most industries. You went through the process of trying to form a band for years of, you know, these different experiments. There's something really rewarding in seeing somebody literally the next year come back with something. Absolutely. You're getting that kind of real interaction in a way where you could maybe get it on a blog or on Instagram as a comment, but seeing somebody show up having made something tactile based on an interaction, an IRL interaction that they've had with you, because you remember that interaction and they remember it. And it just, it's awesome. I love LA Zine Fest every fucking year, man. It fucking gets me every year. That's why I throw a huge party every year beforehand. And like people throw after parties afterward because everyone has like separation anxiety afterward. Because it's also like you were asking me about LA, like everywhere is so spread out. So when you create a community like that, you get those chances to like have have those convergences, like people from different sides of town coming together just fucking make this like eightfold zine and share it it's incredible there you go that was taylene kali recorded that one in her studio space in los angeles with a very special appearance by her dog in the background there thanks so much to her thanks to mary naomi for helping set up that conversation thanks to you guys as always for listening to the program if you like the show there are a number of ways to support us you can rate and review us on itunes google Podcasts, spotify we've got a brand new youtube page if you have any feedback it's rolcast at gmail.com follow us on tumblr that's rolcast.tumblr.com um, that is the first and best place to get all of your RIYL-related information. That's about it for now, so stick around because we're going to be back in a few days with another episode of RIYL. 